Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week, by the way, I'm out. It's a beautiful night in December, and so I'm out on my front lawn. That's why you're hearing cars drive by. Anyway, this is a big one for me personally. We're talking to Dove's guitarist, Jez Williams. Now, Dove's made a big splash in the UK. They were one of the biggest bands of the Britpop era from the early 2000s. They had some success in the States. They were kind of probably more a little cultish, more of like a club level band. I've seen them in concert a couple of times. They always deliver. And they put out a succession of albums, four during the peak period, that are just incredible. This is song right here, There Goes the Fear, is one of their biggest. It's off the second album, The Last Broadcast. I still remember, by the way, hearing their debut in the early 2000s called Lost Souls. Had songs like Cedar Room and Catch the Sun. And I remember hearing that album, hearing those songs and thinking, this is a band made specifically for me. If I could create a, a band that made the sounds that I hear in my heart and mind and soul that I want to hear more of, it would be dubs making music like this. So the fact that Jez hopped on here to talk to me and let me nerd out for a little while about my love for this band is a huge, huge deal. I hope, I don't know if the, if, how many people in the States will care about dubs. If you don't, you should. But I'm pretty sure a lot of the Brits that we have who are listeners will appreciate this conversation. Anyway, the band slowed way down. Uh, lead singer Jimmy Goodwin has sort of addressed his mental health issues over the last few years, which is good for him. They did put out a sort of a, well, the album was great, but it was a sort of a surprise that it came out back in 2020 called The Universal Want. It's one of their best ones. And uh, Jez sort of intimates in this conversation that it's probably time to pick it back up. So we go through a lot of the songs, a lot of the albums, their early life in Manchester, partying at the Hacienda, all that kind of stuff. And then where it's at today. And hopefully these guys are able to come back. I know they want to. Hopefully all the you know obstacles in the way will go away so they can come back and do it right because they're one of the best bands of the 2000s. In my opinion, they're probably, I mean, they're up there as one of the best bands of the 2000s. No question about it. Anyway, I love them. And I have to give a huge thank you to our listener, Ken Evans, for facilitating this conversation. It never would have happened without him. Ken, if you're listening, thank you so much. You made my day. Thank you, Ken. Anyway, Jez called me from his home, I believe in Manchester. Well, first of all, as I mentioned, uh, dubs are, I mean, they're one of my favorite bands of the 2000s. I've... I, uh, you don't come to the States a ton, or at least not where I've been, but I've been able to see you live twice now. I w- I'll just tell okay. you real quick. The first was at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. I believe Elbow was your opener. And oh, uh, yeah. this, this would have been around the early 2000s. And yeah. then, again, you came through on the Kingdom of Rust tour. I live in Denver now. Yeah. And you came through and played Denver. And I was Cobador. right. Yes. Is it the Cobador? No, it was called the Gothic. Oh, the Gothic. Gothic. Yes. You know, we I'm sure we played the Commodore as well. I don't even know what the Commodore is. Is that a place right. in Denver? I thought it was, but oh, honestly, it I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I go uh, to a lot of shows. Not. I haven't heard about it. Um, Do you know what the crazy thing is? Uh, in the 2000s, well, it was, I think it's about 2002, we worked out that we spent 
eight months in in one particular year around about from 2001 to 2003 we spent a, about eight months touring the states really yeah and <laughs> and yet and yet we're sort of we didn't seem to have got around as much as perhaps we should that's <laughs> a big well big big old place in it, it <laughs> that's so funny i, I mean british music Music from Brits is pretty much my favorite. And so many of them say something like that about <laughs> how yeah. gigantic this country is because you'll be driving like in the West, especially eight hours between yeah. large cities, you know, and yeah. you're not used to that. And I'll tell you what was more disturbing. Uh, we, uh, I mean, obviously this is way back. So it's past the uh, statute of limitations, but the, some of those drivers used to do trucker speed, right? And then yes. we used to have to pay them uh about uh I, I don't know how many x amount to do a 24-hour drive or we weren't going to make the next gig so you kind of after the gig everyone have a bit of a party and <laughs> yes. he had already set off and then and then it was better and then you went to bed and then in and you get up maybe i don't know i'm not talking morning i'm talking noon 12 right. and he'd be still driving with this <laughs> painted smile on his face like he's done acid <laughs> for about three days and i'm like this ain't safe this is not right yeah um so that's that's so we did some crazy distances in one in one go i believe it i think I yeah it. anyway sorry you just reminded me of that no, horror that's, so, show. that's fine <laughs> that is frightening that yeah. so much could go wrong in that situation yep. i, I oh, think they've God. made i think they've stopped that now because Probably. i think I've heard that they now, uh, it's all automated. They clock how many miles you do uh, because of G- okay. GPS. Uh, okay. But in in those days, yeah, it was trucker speed, man. And just oh, uh, wow. and a, and a prayer to God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. In fact, uh, I, I'm remembering now my, uh, my wife and I were dating at the time. She lived in New York and I lived in the Bay Area. And she yeah. saw you guys in New York. And I believe My Morning Jacket was the opener for That's her. That's right. And she yeah, came away, right. she was telling me you've got to see this band they're both so good and then when you but by the time you came to san francisco elbow was the opener who i love elbow too so that was fine with me but anyway uh, we, yeah the joke is that we've had a lot of support bands that they've gone on to be bigger than us so we <laughs> so we've had the strokes as well they did their oh, very really? first their very first tour was with us in america Wow. Yeah, we did a massive tour with them. I think that was like a twenty-eight date tour back in the oh. day. But yeah, we've done, we've 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 done a lot more touring than you think in America. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like anyway. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, yeah i i I was going to save this for later, but I'll just do it now. My very favorite Dove song is "Rise," and uh, oh. oh yeah, I Ooh. yeah. Even after all these years, and I wondered if you could tell me anything about the writing and recording of Rise because I know that's that's one of your songs
Yeah, well... As far uh, as vocally, as far as vocally. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Well, it's a shared yes. vocal, that one. Yeah. So Jimmy, I think it's Jimmy in the verse, and me in yep. sort of chorus, if you can call it that. Uh, yeah, I remember Eyes. It came from a sample, actually. Uh, not like a sample off a record, but like this weird chimey sort of sound. Um, uh, this is way back in the day when uh, we were actually uh, in a place called Cheatham Hill. Now, Cheatham Hill is about three miles out, outside of the city centre of Manchester. And um, we were in uh, New Order's studio. So uh, New Order had a sort of studio in Cheetah Mill, and they got sick of using it. So um, Rob Gretton, who's New Order's manager, asked And us, was your manager, right? Uh, no, he was New Order's manager, but he was our label boss. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. And, Sorry, continue. Uh, he was like, hey, they, they're not going in. The lads are not going in from New Order. And we'll say, well, we'll take it for a bit. So we uh, paid him minimum rent and we got into Cheetah Mill. And uh, that's when we started, that's pretty much when we started to sort of morph from our previous band, which was a band called Sub Sub, yeah. uh, into Doves. Um, that was one of the first, I'd say, one of the first recordings of a Dove song uh, was Rise. Really? Really? Yeah, and we wanted to capture um, in our heads. We wanted to just capture a sonic, this kind of sonic excitement uh -huh. um, of something always going up, heads rise. Yes, um, and we kind of, if you listen very carefully at the beginning, I did a sort of uh, a Rocky Balboa uh, sort of backing vocal <laughs> because we always remember that moment. Um, at Rocky, you know, when he goes up uh -huh. the steps and, and yes. the brilliant and the brilliant music. Uh -huh. Rocky, it's a cracking track when he's and um that always influenced us, that track. Uh wow. we like yeah, it's I know it sounds nothing like it, but it, it no, just but... It, it created a, a, an emotion. We were trying to yeah. capture that, that kind of emotion. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Okay, I mean, yeah. I can't. I've listened to that album countless times. I'm going to go do it now, and I'm going to vision Rocky runs, running up yeah. the steps. Yeah, and right. you'll, you'll hear it right at the beginning. You'll hear this very, very in the background, this BV. You'll hear it. Okay. You'll, if, you listen, if you listen carefully yes. enough, you'll hear it. But, well, yeah, I that's on. Yeah, sorry, go I on. I kind of get it. No, I kind of get it now. I, know what, yeah. I kind of get what you're talking about. It's. Oh. I think a lot of it, what it reminded us of um, a lot of, obviously, we were kind of, uh, Manchester was going through a, a big club dance scene at the time, and we loved the, the sort of euphoric kind of, it reminded us of the sort of dance music, that kind of euphoric feeling. Sure. But but it also was sort of prevalent in Northern Soul as well. It okay. had a kind of uplifting, and Rise, we were just trying to capture that, the excitement of that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, just that all, any any sort of filmic Northern Soul sort of vibe, that's what we were sort of trying to do our own take of that. I, guess. I love it. Um, speaking of Sub Sub, I mean, Ain't No Love, Ain't No Use, that whole album <laughs> is so good, and um, yeah. I love it.
but there's not a lot of guitar on there. So what? There's no part, guitar on it. That's what I was. Okay. Yes. There's yeah, no. Well, well what no, yeah. Part were you it, playing in this? Yeah, it was a strange one. So, if that's, that's, if we rewind, when we're at school. I pick up a guitar. Andy picks up the drums. Jimmy's on bass and guitar. Actually, actually, Jimmy was a guitarist before he was a bassist. Mm. So we actually weirdly learn how to play regular instruments. Mm. And then, I mean, we put it down to you guys. You guys suddenly this kind of dance explosion happened in, in Detroit, in New York, and Chicago. And then all that music came over to Manchester in about like eighty six, eighty seven. Um, we all got swept away with it, yeah. uh, and we were just living pretty much out of a club, uh, mm. pretty much week by week, and we just wanted to put our own take on that. So weirdly, we kind of hung up the instruments, and then we got into electronics, like you know, using samplers and keyboards and stuff, um, and it kind of went like that for for about sort of five six years uh very much we we're just into dance music and then we kind of slowly morph back into our roots as well so i always liken it to the uh musically it's completely different but uh a, a, a massive influence on us as a band was the beastie boys because really they so yeah because they somehow their their sort of uh trajectory musically trajectory oh. was similar they started as a frat boy band, sort of, if you like, for a better word. And then they started to pick up the instruments and then they started to morph their own sort of identity after that massive successful album they had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, what was it? Fight, you know, fight. Licen- with, licensed to Ill. Licensed to, yeah. With it, yeah. Uh, it had, you know, all the frat boy stuff on it, but they completely, yep. they completely changed it all around. And then the next thing. The, you know, they're putting all these incredible albums out. Yeah. Uh, and then we went to see them live uh, and they all played their instruments again. And it kind of told us, well, hang on, we can do that mm-hmm. uh, because we know how to do that. And then that's, and then that, the beginning of that was the slow, slowly us morphing into doves from Sub Sub. Okay. Okay. So we kind of went full circle in a way. Okay. Um, but, but, but we did take the, the club, we didn't we sort of took some of the sonics of the club sort of life we had with us we hope anyway that was the idea was to take some of the sonic sort of stuff with us when we were playing the, the more traditional instruments so yeah we we're still using samples and uh, uh, and and kind of weird sort of sounds to try and mesh it all together yeah that's that's what i that's what i think i love about dubs so much i mean i love that sub sub album too uh but the the incorporating of it's not that there's necessarily it's not like it's dance no music it's that there's an emotion to it yeah the sound quality and the sound bed is so dense with um cool yeah noises or th- little instruments or little bits that enhance this experience that you're having where it doesn't, yeah. it's not that it's dance music. It's that it's emotive music. It's making you feel something yeah. similar. Does that make sense? It makes total sense because we were trying to avoid, we didn't want to make necessarily a dance stroke rock album. We weren't interested yeah. in that. We were just interested in, I guess, writing songs that could hold up on 
let's say an acoustic. Yeah. But what? But had a, a, a I don't know, just sort of they more filmic. So we were yeah. trying to add the, these kind of sonic layers, if you like, to what was already a t- essentially a song. Yeah. So uh, looking guess- back on it, anyway. Uh, yes, I, mean, I think that's what I've loved. The, the sense of like a dyna- of dynamics. You were talking about Rise, yeah. the name itself saying what the song is intending to do, which is kind of, you know, continue yeah. to uplift and take you higher. And that's uh, right. something like Cedar Room. It's a, it's kind of an ongoing, almost a groove or a this driving rhythm that's moving you. I I love you guys' yeah. sense of how to do that with instruments and with whatever else atmosphere is unlike yeah. anyone else's. That's what makes you special yeah. to me. That's why I love oh, you. Wow. Well, yeah. wow. Well, thank you very oh, flat. <laughs> I don't well, know what of course. I mean, um, I, I could just gush over you forever. I just love dubs. I wanted to ask about last broadcast. When that came yeah. out, that album felt almost more uh, packaged for radio is probably the wrong word, but like, <laughs> let's, let's take doves and let's, let's yeah. just go straight. Pop yeah. songs is the wrong thing, but let's get these guys on the yeah. radio there goes the uh, well, fear pounding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are. Let's get them out there. Uh, well, that was uh, that was that just came from us. We just felt that right. um, we didn't we didn't want to repeat Lost Souls, even mm-hmm. though you know we were very proud of that record. However, it captured a time, Lost Souls, when we we were. It reflected where we were, and I, I guess what the surprising thing to us was is. Uh, in the uk uh that lost souls uh, went down really well uh that um it people it chimed with people for some reason um i mean we knew it was good but it that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to cross over does it to the masses right. but they did and i think that gave us a huge uh leap of faith and confidence and i just think that the, the songwriting became a little bit brighter mm-hmm. for the next one I could see. Yes, uh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. We would de- certainly weren't trying to. I don't think consciously go right. We need three singles, <laughs> right? Uh, but because 
that can really mess with your head if you start thinking like that because then you it. start to become a slave to the it must be successful slave and then yeah and then yeah. that can i think that could be a, a little bit poisonous of a poison cha- chalice if you if you yeah. like uh, so yeah. we were wary of that um but saying that we wanted to write stuff that was brighter and lighter than lost souls yeah you know it's like every, most bands they want to react you know if they, if they, if they want to keep, try and keep things interesting for themselves you got to you've got to kind of i suppose try something different at least push yourself from the last album that mm-hmm. you did mm-hmm. uh, otherwise i guess you go you get stuck in one yeah. place so, uh, yeah. i suppose that's us trying to sort of uh, break from the shackles of lost souls I suppose, yeah you know i get it i uh yeah it 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 just sounds like an if i were a label if i was your label rep and you delivered me last broadcast and i would listen to it and i would think i've got a lot i can work with here there's a lot right. of stuff right. you know what i mean there's a lot of stuff in here that i think it's not fringy it's not alternative this is a yeah. lot this is great um a couple more stories about this mm-hmm. number one when my wife and i got married we had we made a a wedding CD as like a gift, gift, you know, giveaway to all of our friends. And pounding was on our wedding CD. So that song goes way back for us. We were, we were picking songs that reminded us of each other. Oh. And then um, <clears throat> Words is one of my favorite songs to run to. For whatever reason, the no, beat wow. of Words and My Feet go hand in hand. So I'm not, I'm a real, I'm a big guy and I don't run very fast or whatever. So yeah. when I <laughs> listen to Words, it's my perfect rhythm as I run.
So anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, isn't that weird? So anyway, I just wanted you to know my my association with uh, with more of your music. So when some cities comes around, then it seems like that's you're you've now sort of maybe uh, progressed to another layer or another level, I should say, maybe of popularity or of fame. Have you? I don't know. Oh, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Is that some cities we say? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, by last by the end of last broadcast. Or the beginning of last broadcast, I should say, uh, that did really well. It went in at yeah. number one and held that position uh, for a bit. I can't remember how long, uh, and probably not that long. But uh, we then we 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 sort of then we just went on tour forever. It seemed like mm-hmm. we kind of started in England, made our way through Europe, then we went through Japan, then to Australia, and I think straight to America for about seven or eight months. That's actually when we did the most heavy touring in America. It last broadcast was crazy touring, so was some cities. So those two albums, we were pretty busy uh, yeah. touring, like years and years of touring, I seem to remember. <laughs> did uh, you have a favorite place to play in the States? I just love we we all we just love playing the states. Really? It's such a a cool. I don't know. It's just um, we dug it. Yeah, everything was bigger. The the buses yeah. were bigger. They they work properly. They got proper <laughs> aircon for a start. Um, but yeah, Chicago. Love Chicago. Okay. Love San Fran. All the obvious ones, New York. But we also like doing the out of towners as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Because you got to see a bit more of America and not the sort yeah. of Europe, European side of America, if you know. Good what I mean. point. Yes, I do know. Uh, um, yeah. What about food? Did were the, yeah. like barbecue or Mexican or pizza or giant cheeseburgers? Was there a th- where where there yeah. was there food? I mean, I'm imagining this is you know a young band experiencing the full U.S. experience for months on end on the road. Yeah. Did you have favorite spots to eat or things? Yeah, to do? we yeah we did, but uh, uh, th- there's always this place in LA we used to eat on Sunset uh, next, and it was a Mexican, near, very near the Hyatt uh, okay. or or the uh, what was opposite the Hyatt? We used to, like Gaff, something Gaff used to stay out a lot. Uh, I can't remember now; such a long time ago. But yeah, we we loved it. We loved everything. I mean, you could get. I think what we loved is you could get anything you want pretty much uh-huh. and you could get the options uh were incredible compared to the uh uk you could uh-huh. just get any you could get you know lact- lactose intolerance milk you could get you know <laughs> all that shit didn't exist uh <laughs> at the time it does now but yeah. back then we were like what what the hell uh you can get anything you want and yeah. you can pretty much get anything you want at any time of the day uh and uh yeah it was very much uh uh it was yeah it was quite uh well put it this way the first two tours were very party central yeah it was quite it was it was i just remember you know sometimes it was hard doing a a gig because we're so hungover and yeah uh, i believe uh, it yeah you know usual usually when bands go but for the first time to USA, they they go out totally over the top, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but yeah. it was 
and then we calmed it all down a bit later at the tour. But uh, yeah, it was quite hedonistic those days. So yeah. I can't really remember much of it. That's why. <laughs> uh, but I do remember. I do like touring America. I must admit, I love the long roads and I love yeah. the. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. We're, we're, we're itching to get back there, to be honest. I um, know. Okay. I was going to save that for later, but let's talk. How is Jimmy? Okay. Because what, what is going yeah. on? What is the state of dubs today? Uh, well, no, we're, what's happening is, uh, I think, obviously, I, I, yeah, I can't really speak for Jimmy, but of he's, 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 he's a good, he's okay. He's well at the moment. And uh, he, we're just doing, some individual projects at the moment, but we have started recording doves again. So really? uh, yeah, but it's not it, it you know, I can't put a time thing of on course. it. Yes. Uh, but Easing it's going it, it is but it but things are happening, put it that okay. way. Okay. Okay. So, that, so that's cool. Okay. Um and we've got individual things going. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. it feels like we're coming background good i the world needs dubs so when you say individual things i want to ask you about black rivers Yes. During downtimes, when things are maybe, yeah, uh, you know, unknowable. I, we don't know how Jimmy is. We don't know how long Jimmy's going to be. Jimmy's going to need some alone time or personal time or whatever. And so you go start a new project. Are you yeah. going to put out another Black Rivers album? Does that become your main focus? I don't know how this works, really. Uh, no, uh, not at the moment because. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm working on my solo album. Really? Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I believe Jimmy's just fi- finished an album uh, of more of an experimental album. Okay. I don't know too much about that. Um, and then Andy's working on some of his own stuff. So we're all cooking up stuff. Um, but obviously that is happening. And now we're touched. We're going back into Dove's arena now. So uh-huh. it's... Yeah, it's. I, I think our priority is doves again. So okay. Um, so that's the current state of play at Good. the moment. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I want to. I'm. If this is. If these are too personal questions, you tell me. I, I. I'm curious what it is about, because over here you're a beloved co- sort of 
smaller band that I like, you know, and yeah. some of my friends and stuff. But in the UK, yeah. you were having number one albums, opening for yeah. U2, Oasis, Coldplay. So is that, did you re reach a level of fame in the UK that bought you this kind of time? When Dove, can Doves take a decade off and let everyone, <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope. Oh, no, I know what you mean, I'm laughing. Yeah, can no, you take, no, can you I'm guys take a decade fun. off and no, not and <laughs> still pay your bills? How does it work? Are you that big? Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's why I'm laughing. Uh, we can't take it 10 years off, you're right, we yeah. can't, but we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I try not to think too much about it. We're okay. We're, you know, we're, it's not like we went, when we got money, it's not, we were, we were, we were pretty sensible. We didn't like, mm -hmm. I didn't go to Las Vegas and put everything on the red, you know, or like buy a Ferrari and live in the Ferrari. Cause I realized I ain't got enough money for a house or anything like that. So I think we were pretty wise. Uh, uh the, obviously the money's dried up a little bit, <laughs> won't lie, <laughs> but, um, but we've been, we were lucky. Don't forget we caught it, especially lost souls and lost broadcast. We caught the industry, well, as it was imploding, but they were still handing out money, as in yeah. advances, right? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. happen anymore. That that, yeah. is, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So we were actually very fortunate to um, to to be born in that era where we we got tour support, and then we toured so much, and we built. Uh, even though we're not prolific, uh, but we took our time. But we wanted to make sure. Every single album was was we were a hundred percent um about every song and that all three of us, which takes longer. Mm -hmm. It's cause all three of us have a hundred percent democracy in doves. Mm -hmm. Not Good. just like there's one guy. It's not yeah. just like the singer or the guitarist, he calls the shots, no one just goes all right then. And that's why everything takes so much longer with doves. Yeah. yeah. So what's happened is I'm jumping around a bit here, but basically that's what okay. I'm trying to say is um we toured and toured so much we yeah we got a following so then we could play higher up the bill at festivals yep. so we that you know every band knows that's payday festivals if you do like three festivals at a weekend and you do that every weekend which seems to be the norm and we're fortunate to have a bit of a name that's what we did and that's how you get paid okay. but um but in the early days, we got given money by the record company. So okay. we're all right. We'd be very fortunate in that way. Good. Um, because it's never our intention to take 10 years out. But it's yeah. just just that's how it kind of, that's how the cookie crumbled, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, I read somewhere that Kingdom of Rust was a really difficult album to make. Um, yeah, it I was. Like, yeah. Why? Were you, two, were you guys all kind of tired of each other around that time? Yeah, we were burnt out. A burnt out, but listening back on that, we're really proud of that album because oh, yeah. every, every track we will stand will stand by every sure. track on that album. So even though it was painful and it took forever, uh, was you know it, it, there's I don't think there's any one of us looking back on it and going, oh god, why do we put that out? You know, yeah. Um, so that in itself, um, I'm okay with that. I've made peace with that. Uh, it was just quite stressful. Uh, we had writer's block, uh, <coughs> a writer's block. Uh, that's never good. Mm -hmm. 
that always adds to stress when you can't yes. write anything. <laughs> That's odd because uh, you three write songs together, or you know, uh, uh, well, we, we can we we collaborate okay. and we do individual and then bring the song to collaborate. So okay. there's no, it's not one set. Uh, there's never one set way of doing things. Well, that must be tough when you can't. All three of you are experiencing this at once, and you can't rely on the other two to no, keep the tank exactly. full while you. Yeah, you know, that, come back I mean around. that would be amazing. That, but it yeah. never we all got writer's block at the same time oh boy um <laughs> anyway but uh it's all good now where we yeah. have we certainly haven't got writer's block anymore but sure. um it, i think every bag goes through a period of it's like waves isn't it sometimes yeah. you go you're up and down and yeah. things things never stay the same and Things are easy. Sometimes things are I mean our easiest album, believe it or not, was last broadcast. That was easy. We 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 wrote that and recorded it within for us this is quick seven months which for us that, that that's quick yeah it's a bit more of a torturous uh interesting um, so no difficult sophomore album for you guys you were which is weird because right yeah yeah because that's the classic that the, yes. the classic second album it is uh yes that's what yeah, everyone says that's, isn't it that's what but they say had, yeah but ours was more like the third and the fourth but there you go tell me about <laughs> compulsion I love Compulsion off Kingdom of Rust. So funky. for you yeah so that would that came from a um i just wanted that a, a slowed down club track and i wanted to make it sound like you kind of that feeling i remember this feeling i always remember this feeling walking into the it, like this club or whatever walking through these plastic doors and it'd be sort of almost dry ice you know like the fog mm-hmm. so i want to just capture that into some kind of dark yeah. sort of slowed down a little bit dirty sort of yeah uh, uh, uh sort of slow down disco so yeah. <laughs> yes that's, that's the it. image that's the image in the mind that's where mm-hmm. that came from mm-hmm. and uh and then it, 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 it the, the the bass line on that track is actually done on a guitar which is then tuned down like really? so did you play it yeah i played that wow, yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah yes. so that that's where that came from yeah we so watched just good. a bit, bit of a bit of a trippy slowed down sort of uh disco thing yes I oh i words. love it i love it <laughs> um 
So, okay, let's talk about universal want, because as I was saying, we were talking about you guys go away for a long time, and then you come back with this. Universal want is, it depends on my mood. Sometimes it's my favorite Dubs album. If it's not, it's first or second. I love it. In fact, one of my favorite guitar solos of yours comes at the end of Will Not Hide. And, oh um, yeah, right. Okay, I yeah. love that, and it's the last like couple of minutes that sort of of the song yeah. that is taken over yeah. by this really, and it's just drenched in reverb and echoes and stuff like that. But it's so yeah. good. Guilty. Um, yeah. yeah, but, Guilty but that's what. <laughs> again, I'm, I'm talking. I'm ta- I know, but I'm talking about what I was saying earlier yeah. about Dubs knowing how to create this really emotive, dense, yeah. beautiful sound. It, this is in keeping with that. Where you yeah. guys just. We'd had enough time away from each other where we're ready to come back now and create music again. Yeah, it was very much like that. There was a new, um, there was a new feeling of optimism, um, and we slowly started to get stuff together for it. And then we, yeah, it kind of it was weird. It started out as me and Andy. We went to a a cottage. Is this place near Manchester? called uh uh well it's sort of the lake district which is about i'd say it's about for people not in the uk uh it's a, it's it's about an hour out of um manchester go up north uh anyway we were there uh doing some just i don't know we were just jamming trying to cook some new new tracks up and then jimmy phoned he went why don't i come round i'll sling the bass guitar in the car in the back seat of the car. And I went, yeah, then he just drove up. And then um, that, from that day onwards, we, that's, that was the sort of the, we, we did three tracks there and they sounded great. And that was the sort of nucleus of going, let's, you know what, let's, let's do a new album. So it happened. Uh, I think it happened organically, you know, we, 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 we kind of missed, we missed each other again. We missed being in doves and we were like, I think we're ready, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's how that happened. Yeah, it's one of it's one of your strongest. I absolutely love it. I was going to ask you about um, in the last couple of months, I've had Sonia from Echo Belly on here and Mickey from Lush on here, and oh, yeah. they have strong feelings about the term Britpop and how. <laughs> um, it, it, I wondered what your thought if that 
Now, you guys kind of came in at the tail end, as you were saying earlier, about there just being still being enough of a structure where there's, you know, labels giving you a lot of money and stuff like that. But yeah, pop, I think that we think of is mostly in the mid nineties. Yeah. How do you feel about that term? Are you associated with Britpop? Is it a bad no. word for you? Uh, no. It's no, no, it's it, uh, for, for us. Yeah, of course. It's like, um, it's, well, you know, it's journalists need to put a label yeah. on something. Uh, no, we were in this even worse name. What do they call us? We, they called us Cool Britannia, uh, they were tr- and they were trying to start a new thing, and it obviously fell on its feet after Britpop. So it's just you know, it's just a uh, it's just a term so they can like, yeah, you know, just shove people into a other oh, in that, and then they they hopefully could call. It's just it's just fluff, really. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't really have any meaning on us. And there's some great great bands, you know. I mean. Really good bands that came out of that scene, but I don't necessarily associate them with okay. uh, Brit Brit pop because it's just a it's kind of just a journalist term, isn't it? I yeah. suppose. Uh, but you know, I'm not knocking it. It's just they had to do what they had to do, and so they did it. it I mean, who cares? You know, it's especially nowadays with music, you kind of hanker after the days of of trying to whip up excitement because. Mm. It's quite difficult, isn't it, at the moment? Because there's so yeah. much noise out there. So, uh, so much. It's, it's almost cute, isn't it? It's almost yeah. quite cute. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, yeah. Sonia was um, was was upset because she felt like she her band because of the timing had been lumped in with what we think of as Britpop there of the 90s and when that right interesting when the spotlight moved on to other yeah. things cool britannia or whatever <laughs> then it moved off of her because she had been her band echo belly because they had been yeah. lumped in with right. a movement as opposed to being an independent independent individual band that could you know yeah, I, I didn't know. You see, I didn't know Echo Belly were lumped in with the cruel. Uh, I with never Brit thought of Pop. that either, but she did. No. She felt it really strong. As soon as Rip oh. Pop wasn't a thing anymore, her band yeah. wasn't a thing anymore either. The spotlight just moved completely on. Ooh, harsh. Yeah. Harsh that is the music biz. Yes. <laughs> it's uh sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah That's how it yeah. works usually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Man. I mean, yeah, it just just it's stuff you can't control, unfortunately. It's just it's just a very strange, uh, you know. These kind of things come to you; you don't go to them. Yeah, that's true. They co- they true. caught you; you don't caught them. And then yeah. when they're done with you, they're done with you. Uh, it sounds horrible. But, no, it's but true. I think I, th- I think though that um, bands hopefully have kept their fans. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, older bands like that and us, we we you know we we proved it by going away for. 10 odd years and then we yeah. came back with this album and it and uh yeah everyone, everyone the impression that i got and was told uh, everyone went out and got it it was like yeah. number one again so in the uk so that was i know it's a lot more there's not much meaning behind numbers anymore but it it still told us that uh we still got people still uh, diggers and listen yeah. to us which is yeah. which is obviously nice for very very freaking nice if you're in a band and you've worked for worked for 20 years to feel appreciated is, is no uh, joke <laughs> yeah. yeah still nice no joke 
Um, okay, we have some Patreon supporters, and I let them know who I'm talking to, and if they want to submit some questions, they can. And we sure. got a couple for you I wanted to throw out there. Number one, yeah. uh, Jake Rude, who's a prominent DJ actually over here in the States, he is a huge fan of yours. And um, he says, coming from Manchester with such a rich history, I'd love to hear some of their earliest music experiences with the city. Um did you go dancing at the Hacienda, which it sounds like you did? You were just talking oh, about basically plenty. living in a club. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ever run into Johnny Marr at a record store? Um, was their cousin a roadie for the Mock Turtles? Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so well, what are weirdly. Some, yeah, yeah, go tell me some. Well, tell me some fun Manchester stories that relate to the music business that was happening at that time. Oh, my God. That's loads. But uh, really? all right, let me uh, uh, at the time. So I'm going to have to use my memory here. But uh, <laughs> we we the reason why we got into the Hacienda and we're in the Hacienda in all the time is because we got in for free. It was simple as that. So we used to see all the Mondays there, like you see Sean Ryder and Bez there doing their uh -huh. thing in their kind of. Uh, oh, I love them, too. So they, were, they were sort of very near next to the Salford lot. Uh <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we used to bump into all kinds of people. I mean, we used to obviously always uh, uh, be out and about at the Hacienda. You'd always see Bernard Sumner there and and Hooky. So, yeah, that was the uh, – had a few shindigs with them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to too much. Shindigs. Uh, Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I used to – but everyone – it was quite a small – you used to like know a lot of people through crew members as well, you know, like a uh, crew for the band. I mean, let's go. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Like it's Steve Coogan. Uh, the, uh, do you know the comedian, Steve Coogan? Of course. Yeah. Like obviously, well you, you, well, you mentioned it, the mock turtles, his brother was a singer, wasn't he? So, <laughs> so he now runs that studio I was talking about in Cheatham Hill. Really? Uh, no, he's a, yeah, he runs that. So it's, it, it, it's this weird it can yeah. suddenly become a weird small community yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but no we had plenty of stuff and then obviously we met johnny marr later on because he was a big fan and that went full circle because yeah. i saw the smiths me and our kids saw the smiths uh in one of their most iconic gigs which was at the maxwell hall in salford uh we went i think that gig was in 85 and uh, that was an incredible gig and then who would have thought you know it, yeah. and, then we, and then we got there's loads of stuff that happened i mean we played for a cancer a teenage versus cancer at the gmex so and that was us bernard's the mondays johnny Marr, uh all, all on stage trying to play uh velvet <laughs> underground i'm waiting for my man <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty hilarious because we didn't really rehearse for it but we pulled we pulled it off but yeah so that was uh that was much fun to be had there yeah that is great now you mentioned getting into the hacienda for free is everyone getting in for free or is that you no. have in? the only reason why we got in for free is because we want uh we were we were courting uh rob's records which was ah. going back to now, Rob's records was Rob Gretted going back to right. he was New Order's manager. <clears throat> so we're trying to get signed to his label. So we kept pressing up um, white labels. Uh, and uh, eventually it works. So we did sign to his label, uh -huh. which meant, which meant, can we get on the guest list every Friday? Uh -huh. you know? 
and Saturday, practically, <laughs> and Thursday. So, <laughs> so, so we pretty much had a running guest list. So yes. that's how that's how that works. <laughs> I love it. Okay, yeah. speaking of white labels, I got to read you the other question. Um, Stephen Shaw, first of all, he says, I've lost count how many times I've seen dove, doves. And uh, he said, I'm lucky to grow up in Manchester. He says, one of my favorite memories of the very early 90s is being at a house party in East Manchester when my mate Uh Ben pulls out a white label copy of Space Face. Oh, yeah, okay. 30 years on, and I've still not found a copy other than the Todd Terry mixes. Ben still Mm. won't, his friend Ben still won't part with his copy, his white label copy. I'd love to know more about the life story of Space Face and why it doesn't get included on Hacienda compilations. My God, it's full of stars. Well, actually, contrary to belief, it is on a Hacienda compilation. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the one that Hooky curated. Uh, oh, that's I all can I can that. tell you. Uh, but um, that got to remember, Space Face wasn't really played that much. It did get played in the Hacienda, but not like regularly, like Ain't No Love, Ain't No Use. Mm-hmm. That, that used to get, because th- that track was a little bit harder. So that used to get played in a bit more rougher clubs like uh uh thunderdome and like places in these sort of back backwater places <laughs> uh, and wigan actually wigan and warrington uh warrington there was this club in warrington i forgot the name but that was space face became its um sort of the end of the night anthem there for about a couple of years but the thing about that is we we tried to get signed off that song and no one would touch us. So we pressed that ourselves. We borrowed 500 quid. Uh, it's very much DIY sort of ethic. And uh, we sold out those 500 and then we printed up another. And then we had to start printing thousands because mm-hmm. we were, we were getting asked for thousands. So yeah. it kind of, we sort of managed to believe it or not, make that happen uh, just ourselves. And in fact, the first pressing has got our actual telephone number on it. Really? <laughs> yeah. We actually just put, yeah, Jez and Andy. And we had this oh, we had this 161 number next to it. And we got a load of uh, 
phone calls of people off their heads in the middle of the night. Going, <laughs> yeah, I was like, we've, right, our next pressing, we've got to take the number off, for God's sake. <laughs> what the hell were we thinking? You know? So, uh, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's, yeah, it was, uh, that was our first record release, actually. That was our first uh, uh, very thing that sort of kick-started it all. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, live in so. Manchester now? Is that where you yeah, are? Yeah, I, I, I don't live central Manchester. I live about sort of five miles out. Okay. It's called Urmston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're still there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was still there. Yes. But I'm in the burbs. Yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Last question. Tell me. Well, I've got two. What is your favorite dub song to play? Oh, wow. Uh, what's uh favorite song to play? Interesting. Uh, no one likes to answer the favorite what's your favorite song question so i stopped asking that but i am curious if there's <laughs> yeah. one that you like to i am curious when you like to play or you yeah. know whatever it maybe it's challenging maybe you wrote it maybe yeah. whatever you know you're I'll tell proud you what of was, it. I, yeah i'll tell you what's the most enjoyable because it's hard pulling it off sometimes sometimes you pull it off sometimes you don't and that's a track called 1003 which is off uh uh, uh kingdom of rust Uh, we play that live uh, because it starts off really slow and then it kind of go morphs into this kind of really fast sort of workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes when you pull it off, it can sound amazing, but there's been many a night where we can't and there's no reason. It's like some weird thing in the air that will dictate whether we're going to pull it off tonight or not. And no one can tell which way it's going to go. So that's kind of pretty fun for us. That is not what I thought you were going to say. I'm going to go back and listen to 1003 and listen for yeah. why it would be so difficult. Okay. Yeah, it's very difficult track. Got it. For some reason. Wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your favorite rock star story or memory? I mean, you're kind of yeah. a rock star. I mean, you are a rock star. Yeah. You've had multiple number one albums and hit songs and stuff like that. Gordon played <laughs> with big names. Yeah. You, some are a big name. What is your favorite story when you look back and you're like, I can't believe... When you're living in Manchester in your house and you're like, I can't believe yeah. this happened to me. What is it? Well, it's been quite a lot of moments, but uh, uh-huh. uh, one, of, one of them was when we played uh, Wembley uh, twice, which was the old Wembley. Uh, they've rebuilt Wembley. Uh, it's Wembley Stadium. And I think there was uh, 
there's about 110,000 there. So that was pretty wild. And then we got to play. And obviously the party after was mental because we were support we supported Oasis and oh, was a bit, yes. it was a bit of a mad party after that one. <laughs> yes. I won't go into too much detail, but it, it was just to say <laughs> fun and games were to be had. Uh, and then and this is when the brothers weren't getting on either. So there's all kinds of drama going on backstage. Yes. Oh my uh, loads, loads we did. Yeah. We saw you two get helicoptered in. Oh. To uh, a cricket ground where we were supporting them. Where was that? Uh, I can't remember, but it was some uh, massive sort of uh, cattle truck arena sort of thing. Yeah. But then, uh, but also uh, uh, we did Glastonbury. We headlined Glastonbury second stage. That was a bit of a defining moment for us uh, because it was really good weather, and it was like a balmy summer night. And um, we, you know, it, it just had a real those kind of memories can stay with you you know yeah yeah uh, and uh, so that that was cool uh this honestly there's loads uh, uh, uh they're, they're just a few uh, uh, okay this uh, might... oh go yeah, ahead go no i was just gonna say there was also scary moments where we didn't think we'd be able to play uh because we were so we were too um uh What's the word I'm looking for? Stupid is one word, but uh, yeah, we got ourselves into a pickle. Let's put it that way. Got it, got it. Uh, but but we just forced ourselves on stuff. That was more of the memory of being shitting yourself because yeah. <laughs> like three thousand people out there, yeah, and you and you're you're think you're dying. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> well, no, I was going to ask you. Um, okay, one of my other favorite bands of this era of your era is Embrace. And oh, I've, yeah. I've had Steven from Embrace on here. He was a really nice guy. Did you ever interact with Embrace? Do you share a festival bill? Or No, we or never no? did. We used to bump into him and say hello, but we never okay. really uh, we never really did any gigs with him, I don't think. Okay. I'm uh, but we used to bump into him occasionally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We used to say hi to them. Okay. But yeah, they, we they were actually weirdly one of those bands we never really used to meet that much. Huh. Um, but we used to bump into who was the band we there was always certain certain bands used to bump into a lot. Yeah, who was always touring? Uh, guided by Voices were always <laughs> or either in front of us on tour in America, really, or, or behind us. We always used to see their name on the poster, <laughs> like with us, but it was always the night before or the night uh-huh. after. Uh, There's always things like that. Uh, you'll wow. know us by the Trail of the Dead. Yes, hey. I love them. Yes. Yeah. I saw well, them at the Great American Music Hall, same place I saw right. in San Francisco. Well, we were practically on the same tour buses then for some reason. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I remember those. There was loads, okay. you know. Like wow. That. <laughs> okay, one more odd question. Did you ever play in or pass through Salt Lake City, Utah? We played Salt Lake City, yeah. I'm originally from Salt Lake City. And oh, oftentimes, wow. yeah, when, cool. well, and when it, oftentimes I'll mention that, and the person I'm interviewing will be like, oh, have I got a story about Sa- Salt Lake City? Does anything you know, stick out? Maybe yeah. not. Oh. Yo, the audience were incredible, they were off the scale. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, because, up emotion there because not a lot of yeah, Salt Lake City. we absolutely loved it. Everyone was like, "Oh, Salt Lake," you know, the cliche. Salt Lake uh-huh. City, it's all weird yeah. and messy. Yeah, but I, all I could say is our experience was brilliant. It, they Good. were so up for it. 
Good. Uh, yes. And I think we played it more than I think we done it three times, and every Maybe. time, bang up for it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I was just curious. I like to find yeah. out people's experience. No, it was brilliant. Too. Okay. It was great. Right. Well, Jazz, if you can't tell, I love you so much. Uh, you're really <laughs> one of the best. I'm, I'm not just saying this. Doves are one of the greatest bands ever, in my opinion. I love everything you do. And this, when some of it hits me harder than most music that's ever been created in the history of man. So wow, thank you. That means a lot, mate. It's that means true. a lot. I mean, Don't. you think about your favorite bands and what they mean to you and yeah. how much their music means to you. Yeah, and you're of course. one of those bands it's... for me. So thank you for being you. Well, thank well, thanks, John. I'm, 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 I'm very, very flattered. It's true. Very flattered. It's true. Um, thank you, John. All right, there you have it, Jez Williams. I hope you guys enjoyed that and I hope you heard some things that you like. If you didn't already know Dubs very well, or maybe you knew just a song or two. I hope you heard some things that you like. As I said before, if I had to create a band in a lab that made the perfect music for me and my tastes and my moods and my feelings and my emotions and my spirit, it would be dubs. They would be, the, they make the music that speaks to me more than just about anything that's come out in the last 25 years. So I want to close it out with, this is one of their more popular songs, Black and White Town. It's on their third album, Some Cities. And uh, I hope there's so much more to come. Anyway, uh, next week we are talking to one of my dream guests. The band has been brought up probably more than any other band in history on this podcast. They come up a lot because they're one of my favorite bands ever. This is an original member of that band someone who I have expressed a dream to talk to for years, it happened. That's what's coming next week. This person has a new book to talk about. So anyway, hope you'll be back for that. I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, huge thanks, as always, to Jan the Man Makevich, my right-hand man for everything. Thank you, buddy. Uh, you guys can sit, like our page on Facebook. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. We also put out a book club the other day. Uh, we brought back Kevin Armstrong, guitarist Kevin Armstrong, for the third time to talk about his fantastic new book, Absolute Beginner. I hope you guys will not only check out the episode, but you'll check out the book as well. It's a blast. And we have a bunch more bonus content in the, in the can. We'll see what uh, Yan's schedule will allow. All right? Anyway, we love you all.